us to walk in our purposeful life. That thing that you and I have been created to do, that thing that you and I have been called to do, church, he wants us to walk in it. But that doesn't mean that it's just going to fall into our laps. It's going to require something from us. It's going to require a greater commitment from us. A sharper focus, a deeper intimacy with the Lord, a rearranging of priorities. And as Pastor Renal spoke about last week, letting go of the old and taking hold of the new. Church, I've had it in my heart for most of this December that the Lord has been leading me personally to become more purposeful with my life, certain parts of my life and my walk with Him. Look, I'm not in any way discounting what happened in 2019. It was 2019 was probably one of the most significant years of my life. One of the most challenging, but one of the most significant. And a year where the Lord really showed me that I was capable of so much more than what I thought I was. So I'm not discounting what has happened in 2019, but I believe that God is leading me and leading the body of Christ to a greater commitment, a sharper focus, a deeper intimacy, and to rearrange our priorities for what's important. Putting first things first. You would have seen the title of my message this morning, First Things First, and I think we kind of know what that means, but if you look up the the definition in the dictionary, this is what first things first really means. It is something that should be done or dealt with before anything else because it is the most important. Let me say that again. Something that should be done or dealt with before anything else because it is the most important. And you know, I don't want to say this casually today and I don't want you to receive this casually because we can all set goals for 2020 or New Year's resolutions. But if we do this casually, church, what we we may deem as important now may not be as important three weeks or three months from now. We're not talking about important. I'm talking about something that is important enough that you will stop everything else that you're doing and deprioritize everything else that you're doing so that you can pursue and focus what's really important. And that's essentially what a resolution is. We talk about New Year's resolutions so casually. We, we even joke about them. But if you look up the word resolution in the Oxford Dictionary, this will tell you this. A resolution is a firm decision to do or not to do something. It's a firm decision, right? It's not a casual decision. It's not something that will change three weeks or even three months from now. It's a decision that if taken seriously and considered prayerfully will change the course of your life. And as I was praying about the message this week and, and I really believe that the Lord was wanting me to share this message with you today and the principles within this message, church, so that we can get to a place in our lives that we can be prepared not just for another year, but a year of significance. A year of purpose. Are you ready for that? Church, if we think about it, our lives are the sum total of the decisions that we make. If you think about it, the choices that we're making today will determine who we become and what we can do tomorrow. Our lives are the sum total of the decisions that we make. And I'm not talking about things that are outside of your control. You know, like tragedy or something that has happened to you that wasn't decided by you. You know, or your upbringing. But the truth is, we are going to experience a lot of pain and discomfort in this life. All of us will. The reality is that a lot of discomfort that we experience will be outside of your control. 
Jesus even said this in John chapter 16, verse 33, where he said, In this world, you will have trouble. And a lot of times, it's not your fault. You know, you get into a freak accident. Someone that you love betrays you and it breaks your heart. Or your company retrenches you and now you're looking for a job. Your daughter comes home with a boyfriend and there's another man that has undivided attention. Lots of discomfort and pain will happen in your life when you get there, Dad. <laughs> you want to take out your shotgun, but instead you have to welcome him into your home, feed him, and allow him to sit on your favorite chair. Where does we'll get into, right? <laughs> I'm just kidding. My, my daughter has an outstanding young man as a boyfriend. That's the only reason I haven't taken out the shotgun. Yet. <laughs> yeah, you're right. So church, there's some discomfort that you'll experience it will be outside of our control. And then some discomfort is within our control. In other words, you'll have a choice between one type of discomfort or another. You can choose your discomfort. Think of it like this. You can choose the discomfort of obeying and honoring your parents today or face the discomfort of the consequences later on in life. And all the parents said? Amen. You can choose the discomfort of living within your means or your budget today or choose the discomfort of overcoming a mountain of debt tomorrow. You could choose the discomfort of studying for the exams today or experience the discomfort of retaking the exams next year. And church, essentially what I'm saying is that we need to choose the discomfort of discipline over the discomfort of disappointment down the line. In 2020, we're going to choose discipline over disappointment. And to be honest with you, it's quite a difficult thing to navigate because there's always this tension between what we want most versus what we want right now. Even the Apostle Paul had some challenges with this. In Romans chapter 7 verse 15, he says, I don't really understand myself, for I want to do what is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. And in case you didn't know, this coming from a man that wrote about a third of the New Testament. So if there's anyone who had a spiritual advantage, Paul had it. If there's anybody who should have been able to get it right, it was Paul. But even he said, I don't really understand myself. I want to do what is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. And just let's be honest this morning. How many of us have ever felt like that before? How many? You know, I don't want to eat the, the, box of, the whole box of chocolates. I don't want to eat the whole box of Krispy Kreme donuts. Hey, friends? <laughs> Well, I didn't want to eat the whole packet of crisps, but I ended up doing it anyway. Well, you know, I don't want to look in the direction of that man or that woman because I want to honor my husband and my wife, but I did it anyway. I want to do what is right, but I can't. I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. Then he says this in, in verse 24, and you may have felt like this at some point in time. He says, oh, what a miserable person I am. Who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death? Have you ever felt that you just can't get it right sometimes in life and you think to yourself, what's going to happen? I can't do it. I wanted to do what was right, but I ended up doing what was wrong anyway. Who will free me from this life that is dominated by by sin and death? Then what you find in verse 25, church, is that Paul's tone changes. He says, Thank God the answer is in Jesus Christ, my Lord. Thank God. I can't do it on my own, but I don't have to do it on my own. He says the answer is in Jesus Christ, my Lord. 
And church, you see, the answer is not in me being better. The answer is not in me being stronger and wiser. The answer is in Jesus Christ, my Lord. And may I suggest that this is the key to all of our successes in 2020? Because we're all prone to making wrong decisions over time. Right? But with the help of the power of Christ in 2020, He can enable us to choose what we want most over what we want now. With the help of Christ in 2020, we will choose discipline over disappointment. With His help this year, we will decide to do what's important over what's urgent. We're going to put first things first. Amen. Church, as we continue to look at Paul's life as he grows in his walk with Christ, in this next scripture, he gives us a great example of how to tap into the power of Christ and to live a more disciplined and focused life. Remember, this is the guy that says, I can't get it right, and, and watch how he progresses. In 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24, he uses the picture or imagery of a race. And it really drives a powerful message home where he says, Don't you realize that in a race, everyone runs, but only one person gets the prize? So run to win. Everyone wants to win, but only one person gets a prize. So church, when you're running, you're not running for second place. When you're running, you're running with every bit of intensity and power and focus that you have. You are running to win. And I don't know about you, but this type of imagery kind of fires me up because I'm a very competitive guy. I come from a family that is very sporty and very competitive. I think I get it from my father. And you know, when we watch a, a rugby or a football game, it's as if we're going into battle ourselves, you know. We have our game faces on, we are, we are ready, you know. And, you know, if you were our neighbors and you were mistaken, you would think someone has been murdered in the house. That's how passionate and alive they are. Is there anyone else out there like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Am I the only one that needs yeah, yeah. <laughs> So anyway, I really like this, this imagery. Paul goes on to say in verse 25, all athletes are disciplined in their training. And church, if you're going to win in life, what do you have to do? You have to be disciplined to choose what you want most over what you want now. To give you a silly example, you know, what I want most is to be in great physical shape and health. But what I want to do now is lie in bed, watch TV, and eat junk food. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. <laughs> we have to choose what we want most over what we want now. You see, we need to be disciplined in our training. In fact, the root word for discipline is the same root word that creates the word disciples. And what are we? We are disciples of Jesus. We are following Christ. We are disciplined as disciples. Paul goes on to say that all athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that will fade away. But as followers of Jesus, what do we do it for? An eternal prize. Right? That's why we run. That's why we run to win. We're not doing it for some little trophy that passes away. We are doing it to honor and glorify the one who gave his life for us. That's why we do it. Everything we do, we do it as unto the Lord, not for human masters, but to glorify God. That's why we run with everything in us. Can someone shout amen? amen? Church, 2020 is a year where we have to make some decisions. And one of those decisions is to choose discipline over disappointment. And how do you do that? We choose what we ultimately want most over what we want right now. We're going to choose a prize that doesn't fade away. Yeah. We're going to run with everything that we have for an eternal prize. Amen. 
Church, what God wants to pour out in our lives this year is going to require a greater discipline from each and every one of us. And you may be saying to me this morning, you know, Pastor, I like what you're saying. I like what I'm hearing, but I don't think I have enough time in my busy life to do that. Because this is going to mean that I will have to make some drastic changes and adjustments to what is already such a busy, busy schedule. I don't know if I can do this. I wish I had more time, but I don't. Church, have you noticed when you ask someone how they're doing, that the common response is, I'm, I'm really busy? Well, you know what, I'm, I'm doing good things, but life is really hectic. Very seldomly will you get a response saying, I'm relaxed, I'm chilling. Life is easy right now, you know. I'm spending quality time with my, my wife, spending quality time with my kids. Nothing much is going on. And if we were to be honest with each other here this morning, how many of us wish we had more time in the day? I know I find myself in that position regularly. And church, I'm convinced. I'm convinced that Satan will keep you busy doing things that may not really matter because he, he wants to stop you from focusing on what matters most. Amen. He wants you to fill your life with all these urgent things that you don't even have the time and the energy to pursue what's, what is most important. And to help us start thinking in the right direction of what we need to start choosing this year, I want us to have a look at a story in the New Testament in Luke's Gospel, Luke chapter 10. And it's a story about two sisters named Mary and Martha. Let's pick it up in verse 38. As Jesus and the disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem, they came to a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. Her sister Mary sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he taught. But Martha was distracted by the big dinner she was preparing. She came to Jesus and said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? Tell her to come and help me. But the Lord said to her, My dear Martha, you are worried and upset over all these details. There is only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it and it will not be taken away from her. Mary chooses what's important. She, she sits at the feet of Jesus listening to what he taught. She chose what's important. Martha, on the other hand, church did what many of us probably would have done. She surrendered to the urgent and got all stressed out, wanting everything to be just perfect. And you know, I don't really blame her because Jesus is in the house. The King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the Prince of Peace is coming to dinner. I think I might be a bit, a bit stressed out myself. But Martha freaks out, as many of us would, and she ends up missing what's really, really important. And church, you know what really hit me in this passage of Scripture is where Jesus says, you are worried and upset over all these details. What does it say that, in the, that, that saying that goes, the devil is in the details? Jesus says there is only one thing worth being concerned about. And I wonder today, church, honestly, I wonder... How many of us have been distracted from that which is most important? I wonder how many of us, including myself, have been faithfully chasing the urgent and neglecting that which is most important. In fact, if you were going to jot some notes down on what you neglected in 2019, what would you say is the most important thing that you've been distracted from pursuing? If you thought about your life, your daily circumstances, your family, your business, what is the most important thing that you've been distracted from doing? Just take a moment or two to think about this. Let this sink in. 
Some of you would say, well, I've been distracted from spending time with Jesus. I haven't put Him first. I haven't had intimate time feeding on His Word. I haven't aligned my heart with Him. I've been distracted. For some of you, you would say, I'm so busy doing things for my family that I actually haven't enjoyed my family. I haven't made a real investment into their lives or I've neglected that which would actually strengthen and nourish them physically, emotionally and spiritually. Some would say I've neglected my, my physical body and there's so much going on and you know there's so many urgent things that I haven't had time to eat properly. And you know fast foods are just so easy. And who has time to work out anyway? You know there's so many urgent things going on. I can't exercise. I would love to walk three times a week but I just can't get to it. For some, it may be something more internal that's going on. There's an addiction or a habit or a reoccurring sin that you have to deal with. You need to confess it, you need to get help, but you've neglected it. And church, all these things that I mentioned are critically important for your life, your longevity, your relationship with God, but you haven't dealt with it because dealing with it is going to be hard, let's be honest. And there are so many urgent things that are going on. And church, listen, if we're not intentional about this in 2020, I promise you, I promise you, the, the urgent will crowd out the important. I promise you. Because this happens all the time. And with the help of God, we have to choose to have time for that which is important over that which is urgent, right? And we have to make this practical in our life. This has to become practical. As I said to you in the beginning of the message, I believe that the Lord is calling me to become more purposeful with certain parts of my life and my walk with Jesus. This means that I have to make some changes, right? This means that I have to let go of some old things and take hold of some new things. It means that I have to be disciplined so that I don't have all these disappointments at the end of 2020. This also means that I have to be purposefully making time for what's important. Putting first things first. <laughs> Church, I know there are so many things that you and I deal with on a daily basis that seems urgent. But you know, if I look back at my life, I know that I've often neglected what's most important because of the urgent. And I don't want to look back at another year and say, you know what? I didn't make time for what I should have made time for because I was just too busy. When you say that out loud, it sounds kind of crazy, doesn't it? But this is true. And you're probably feeling the same way. 2019 has been a rough year for many of you. And there are probably many important things that you've neglected. And I'm sure you feel like me where you would love to walk away from 2020 having made time for what's really important. Amen? So I just want to give you a couple of practical applications this morning of how we can bring this type of discipline into our life in 2020 so that we can experience the fullness of God, what God has in store for you and for me. And this should apply to all parts of your life. And when I was thinking about this and asking the Lord of, you know, Lord, how can I make this practical in my life? The first thing that dropped in my spirit was that we need, all of us, we need to say yes to less. We need to say yes to less. I would argue that for most of you sitting in this room today, that the barrier to a meaningful and purposeful life is not a lack of commitment, but rather overcommitment. It's not that you're not committed, it's that you are way overcommitted. And you're doing way, way, way too much. Right? You're busy, busy, busy. And if I had to ask you how you're doing, if I had to send you a WhatsApp, you would say, listen, I'm busy. I can't touch sides. I'm overwhelmed. 
And I want us to understand this today, church. I want us to take hold of this principle. Busyness does not necessarily equal productivity. Busyness does not necessarily equal value and meaning. Busyness does not necessarily equal fulfillment in life. In fact, most people that find fulfillment and success in life say no to good opportunities all the time. Why? So that they can say yes to great opportunities. No to the good, yes to the great. The best leaders don't do more and more and more. The best leaders do more of what matters most. Or can I say it like this? The, the best leaders don't do more of what's urgent. They do more of what's important. The best moms don't do more of what's urgent. They do more of what's important so that they can spend quality time with their family. The best teachers don't do more of what's urgent. They do more of what's important so that they can pour spiritual life and nutrition into the next generation. The best students don't do more of what's urgent. They do more of what's important so that they can get out of the schooling system and make an impact on this world. Church, the best and most effective Christ followers don't do more and more and more so that they can look busy. They do more of what brings glory to God. When we look at the story of Mary and Martha, what is it that really matters most? What is most important? What will really count when we, we finish this, this race called life? Or to be more specific, what will really count when we finish 2020? Do you know the answer? Time at the feet of Jesus. Time at the feet of Jesus. This is what really matters most, church. And you know what? It's the only thing that will not be taken away with us, from us. It's the only thing that we can take with us into eternity. And you know what? This is what will set us up for everything else in our life. The most important thing we put first is time with Jesus. The first part of every single day. Amen? And not out of a legalistic or a point of view of because my pastor said I should, said I should. Right? Because I need to choose Jesus every day. I need Him every day. Jesus, I need Your Word. I need to realign my heart with Your priorities. Jesus, I need You to renew my mind. And church, if I'm going to choose what's most important every day, I first need to seek the one who is most important every day. Amen? Matthew chapter 6 verse 33 says, Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and then everything else will be added to it. The problem is that we are all seeking everything else first and then wondering why we don't have a life that really matters. We have to seek Him first. Not just because it sounds good, we have to seek Him first. You know, church, when we begin this way every day, God gives us the mind to think, gives us the ability to think with the mind of Christ, to think of things that will honor Him. When we begin this way every day, He will give us the eyes to see only what is pure. When we begin this way every day, He will give us the ears to hear the Holy Spirit speaking, leading and guiding us, and give us the mouth to be an encouragement to everyone around us. If we want to honor God in 2020, we have to seek Him first. We put Him first in our calendar, right? Every day, Jesus goes on first, and then we put everything else, all the other important things on the calendar, not urgent things, important things. Remember, we're going to do what's important over what's urgent in 2020. So give you an example, before your friends invite you to hit some golf balls at the driving range on Friday evening, you're going to tell them, sorry, but I have a date night planned with my wife, and that's more important. And all the ladies said, 
before you get into a place of bad physical health and condition, you're going to put exercise four times a week on your calendar and you're going to book an appointment with a dietitian. It may mean sacrifice, but it's important. You know, before you and your wife end up leaving each other because things have gotten so bad and you, you're at a state where you feel like strangling each other, you're going to book a, a counseling session once a week at, at church. It may be inconvenient, it may be uncomfortable, but choose your discomfort. Choose what you want most over what you want right now. Choose discipline over disappointment. Is this helping you today? I'm always done. I'd like to ask the worship team to please come up. to allow the enemy to dictate the condition of my relationships, my health, my finances, and especially my work with God. I refuse to let the value of my life be determined by how busy I am and what's, it, what's urgent. I'm determined in this year, and I'm hoping and trusting that you'll join me, that we would run a race in 2020 that is worthy of an eternal prize. That we would run to win. That we would put first things first. Will we get it perfect? Absolutely not. But we are not a people that will settle, settle for just for good. We are a people that will run with everything that we have for God's greatness that He has predestined for us. We will prioritize what really most, matters most in 2020 and the direction of our lives will drastically change. And when we do this collectively as a body, the Lord will use us to impact many, many lives for the sake of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that's really what I believe that the Lord is going to cause to happen here at Frontline Church in 2020. If you believe that, if you want this happening in your life, if you want this happening in your church, would you just give the Lord a great shout of praise? And so as I'd like you to stand with me, we're going to end this in a song of celebration, but I just want to leave you with a thought. And you can write that down, or you can even take a photograph of that, and ask the Lord what He wants to do for you specifically in your life in 2020. Who would you become if you put first things first, and if you gave yourself over to God in the year 2020. Can we give the Lord a great shout of praise for His Word today?